on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Dominic Catronio. Get the heck out of St. Louis. My goodness. What a long day of pageantry in St. Louis of having to hear about the start, the record-breaking 325th battery start between Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright. That's something, to be fair, we will never see again. Hat tip to those guys. But then Albert Pujols getting RBI number 2200, another evened-off number. The Nolan Arenado home run. I mean, it was just, it was loud. It felt like a playoff atmosphere in St. Louis on a Wednesday night on a school night. And the Brewers came out flat. They lose 4-1. to one. Offense, not the same offense as last night. They were 0-9 with runners in scoring position. Yes, they had 10 hits. Not a single one of them with a runner in scoring position. And all 10 hits were singles. They had Wainwright on the ropes in the first two innings. They could not break through against him aside from a sack fly. Only one run against him. And then the flamethrowers came in for St. Louis. And they really had no answer for those guys. Hicks, Gallegos, Helsley. Brewer struck out six times between those three bat- three pitchers over the span of three innings. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. 855-616-1620. I do want to start with a quick thought, though. A, a thinking exercise, if you will. Coming into this two-game set in St. Louis, you were thinking to yourself, you know what? I think a split would be great. Would the Brewers love to go 2-0? Absolutely. And then you found out, Oh, they're going to do a bullpen game on Tuesday and push Corbin to Wednesday. Yeah, a, a split sounds fine. You know, like they'll probably lose the bullpen game and then win with Burns on the mound. I bet a lot of Brewers fans were thinking about it like that, myself included. And they got the split, and you're like, okay, you know, no context out here. You're thinking, oh, okay, they got the split. But then when it's the context that makes it sting more because – you had Burns on the mound, and you had won the bullpen game. You had Wainwright on the ropes. And to top it all off, San Diego lost earlier today. So you had an opportunity to get essentially to two games back in the, in the wild card chase. Now, in the standings, it would say one game back if they had won tonight. But remember, the tiebreaker. So things stay as the same. The Brewers remain two games back in the standings, but essentially three because... They do not have the tiebreaker. I'm trying to find a very small silver lining. The Brewers did not play good baseball, though, which is what the other bit of context of saying, like, man, was this really the same team that hung eight, eight runs on the board yesterday and against the lefty, mind you? And then Adam Wainwright, who nearly no-hitted them into the seventh inning, uh, his last start against them back in August, and now he comes in and fights through traffic and gets the job done. It's a it's a weird stretch right now for the Brew Crew. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's get to the text line here. Uh, George from Pewaukee saying, We aren't going anywhere when you have a lineup of mediocre hitters. You cannot have your number two hitter with a batting average of two thirty four and expect to win a World Series. George from Pewaukee. So, George, I agree 
that you know 234 is not a great batting average. You know, no one would tell you, yeah, that's good. And today's game, obviously, batting average is not really important, it, or it's not thought of the same way as it was, you know, in the 80s and 90s. And specifically, too, 234 isn't even that far off of a league average. League average is 240 last I saw. I'm going to double-check that here before the end of the show. So nowadays, hitting 300 is more rare. If you're hitting 270, you're doing something right. And that's all the Brewers are asking, you know. Willie Adamas was that guy last season. And this year, teams have a better game plan against him. His on-base has plummeted this season. Last year, his on-base with the Brewers was 366. This year... It's 296, a 70-point drop-off. And he's now played 100 more plate appearances this season than he did as a Brewer last season. And he hit 285 with the Brewers last year. When you look at those numbers, it is kind of alarming. But I agree, the batting averages are rather alarming because this Brewer, is, this Brewer offense is home runner bust. And tonight was a perfect example of that. Thanks for the text there, George. Mike in Colorado, one of our regulars. Good news is Brewers split and collected a bunch of hits in both games. I agree, Mike. I like the silver lining. The bad news, the broken record Brewers couldn't get the big hit again. The worst news, the Brewers failed to pick up a game on San Diego from Mike. So uh, I agree that it's frustrating they didn't pick up a game on San Diego, but it's still better than losing a game. And it feels like you lost the game because you didn't get the win. We also, as frustrating as it sounds, and as hard as it is to say, the Cardinals are a damn good team. Number one MVP, Paul Goldschmidt. And they kept him in check, too. Think about that for a second. His bloop hit in the ninth, or in the eighth, I'm sorry, was his only hit of the series. They kept him in check. Then Arenado hits the homer. Tyler O'Neill beats out the infield hit. I mean, it was just, it was one of those like, come on, can we have one? Can your main guys not provide for one day and you lose the game? But the priority was the Brewers didn't lose ground. 19 games to go. Crazier things can happen. Who knows? The Brewers have a chance. It's a slim chance, but they have a chance. We'll get some more of your texts here in just a little bit. 855-616-1620. You can call in as well. I have my Twitter up as well, at Dom underscore Catronio. Why is Wainwright so effective without velocity? Will they snap into gear? Are the Yankees going to steamroll the Brewers? They're getting back on track. The Mets have been a little shaky. They're about to lose to the Cubs last I saw. It's been a weird week for the Brew Crew. They play well against the Reds like they're supposed to. They had one bad game in there. Then they played really well yesterday, and then this game shows up. It's very Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, to use the cliche. But we'll talk more about it coming up with Craig Kishon a little bit later in the show. Uh, we also have a few highlights to get to, and we'll hear from the manager, Craig Council. Just getting started here on Brewers Extra Innings. Don't go anywhere. On the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Brewers fall 4-1 to one tonight. Not a fun one. They're now 76 76- and 67. There are 19 games to go in the season. They get ready to come home. Off day tomorrow, though. And by the way, we'll have Brewers Weekly coming up tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, right here on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Where does the spark come? What do the Brewers need to do 
better to make you believe they can pull off some kind of run in these final 19 games. 855-616-1620 is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you want to participate, a few more texts rolling in here as well. One coming in from Doug. Wouldn't you know it? Last night when win the bullpen game, they win. Tonight with Burns, they lose. That's baseball. That's Brewers. Unpredictable. Way too many missed chances early. I agree. Then their tough bullpen took over. A split was pretty much expected. However, it happened. Yep. I, I appreciate the thought there, Doug. And you're right. A split was expected. It's better than going 0-2. And it's better than leaving St. Louis being suddenly down four games in the wild card. Or being down three games like they could have been. But they didn't. It happened. You got the split, and it doesn't get easier. There's no rest for the wicked, right? The Yankees are coming to town. They got Aaron Judge. They've got potentially the American League MVP. It's not getting any easier. Another text coming in. Doesn't matter if they make the wild card or not. They're not going anywhere with subpar batters and pitchers. Less so on the the pitchers part. I think the the pitchers have been getting a bad rep because of how many close games they're being forced to hold. Like Brad Boxberger in that eighth inning. Getting a run tagged on him in that eighth inning, that's not on him. 100% that is not on him. The one mistake he made in that inning was the 2-2 pitch to Pools. Even that was elevated. How did Pools get turned on that ball that quickly? That was shocking. But the blooper in left should have been caught by Christian Yelich. The infield grounded a third. Tyler O'Neill, kudos to him, busting his tail up the line. But Jace would tell you he should have hurried it a little bit more. He made a strong, accurate throw, just took a little too much time. And that's what extended the inning to allow Pujols to hit the double on a 2-2 pitch. And if you want to be mad at Tyrone Taylor's route to that ball, it's because he was selling all out for the cutoff. He knew if he didn't cut that ball off, the run's going to score no matter what. Didn't matter if he was going to try to play it off the wall, the run's going to score from first because he's breaking on contact. Whereas if he does manage to cut that ball off before it gets to the wall... They have a chance to pull off a relay whenever Willie Adamas is on the field and his arm. You've got a chance to throw somebody out at the plate. So that's always something to keep in mind. Uh, little things against Brad Boxberger and even Corbin Burns. Craig Council said earlier in the year when Corbin continued to give up home runs as of late that last year's numbers really set an unfair standard for him. I mean, it, it happened overnight. I mean, this dude, 17 homers in 2019, and yes, I know it was a juiced ball year in 2019. 17 homers in only 49 innings. And then only two in 2020 in, 40, in 59 innings. So 10 more innings, he had 15 fewer homers. And then it explodes in 2021, 167 innings and only seven homers allowed, and now he's allowed 22 homers this season. It feels like it came out of nowhere because of the last two years, but it, it, it really didn't, if, if, to be fair. It, it's something that's always kind of lurked in the background for Cor- Corbin Burns. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text on if you want to join in on the show. We'll have uh, some back and forth coming up here in just a moment. Craig Gashon joining the show from Valley Sports Wisconsin. Don't go anywhere on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Brewers fall 4-1 tonight to the Cardinals. It's a split in the mini two-gamer out there in St. Louis. Brewers will return home for a six-game homestand with the New York teams, the Yankees and the Mets, coming up over the weekend. Off day tomorrow, though. So the penultimate off day 
coming up for the Brew Crew here at the season's end. I'm Dominic Catronio. Right now we're joined by Craig Kishon for a little bit here on Brewers Extra Innings. And, well, Craig, it's the same song, same dance, broken record, every cliche you want to use. The Brewers didn't get the hit. 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position. In your opinion, is this one's going to hold this team from having any chance of making a postseason berth? Well, I mean, it has up until now, and unfortunately, Dom, uh, you know, you get your hope ups after after yesterday. They had won five of six coming into, you know, this game today. So, you, you know, you can be easily fooled and, and then run into one tonight where, I mean, I, I think it's one thing when you're not getting any base runners and you're not finding a way to get a hit and you're not finding a way to draw a walk, uh, but they're finding ways to do that, but to be um, in, in this position they're in with an inability to literally get that, that key hit, that next hit on a more consistent basis, it's just mind-boggling that this has been going on, uh, you know, this season. And, you know, we know it was uh, the end of what happened last year, too, you know, at the end of September and also in the playoffs. So um, I, I, I just think, you know, after all this time, they – they have some problems to solve there offensively with their personnel. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. It's just a head-scratcher at this point. When does the feeling that a shakeup at the lineup needs to happen? And, you know, Mike Brasso came back, and he's been batting leadoff as of late, and Cole Wong returning from health because he had that little knee scare happening over the road trip. Keston Hero suddenly disappeared. I mean, something, it's kind of like, when does something have to change? And Keston had been playing better, and he doesn't get at-bats against righties, even though the well-documented reverse splits. Do you think it's just going to take like a spark of somebody else? Uh, Garrett M- Mitchell has really struggled since settling into the big leagues now. What, what do you think it's going to take for them to get back on track offensively? Well, I mean, I, I think the bottom line is it, it's going to take it's got to take everybody. I mean, we saw pretty much everybody get in the mix yesterday, and I think that that has to be the case. I mean, this this goes back, in my opinion, to say at the All Star break when when people really wanted them to get one offensive player to come in, there was no way that one offensive guy, no matter who that was, I don't think was going to change what the rest of this offense and what the rest of this personnel do. So I don't think one guy, even right now down the stretch, is going to is going to be able to carry this offense. Um, I mean, they have guys capable of doing it, but, but it hasn't happened this year. So I see the only way for them to, to get it going offensively and to get hot offensively in these final 19 games is to, is to do it together. Um, I think you're... I think anybody might be reaching to say that um, Keston here, or Mike Brasso, or Jace Peterson can be that spark, or Garrett Mitchell can be that spark for more than a game or two. Um, other guys got to pick up the pace and pick up, in my opinion, their their share of uh, responsibility. It is a team effort, to say the least, and. Something that the Brewers have been doing decently well, despite what the Lions scores have said recently, their bullpen has been a lot better. And you look at Taylor Rogers and, I mean, shoot, Devin Williams now, he pitched on Sunday, and it got a little weird against him on Sunday, but now Devin's not going to pitch again until Friday at the Suda, so he's going to take four days off. 
it's tough right now for the Brewers because their best reliever isn't getting the chance to be used because they can't grab a lead. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy, isn't it? Um, but, I mean, it's kind of the history being the closer. Uh, I'm sure that's one of the reasons, you know, when it came down to it, that they thought they could afford to trade Josh Hayard away and get prospects right now because of the um, – the inability to get him out there and to get him in safe situations, maybe as often as you would like. Um, I don't, you know, it, it it's just, uh, I think it's a catch 22 a little bit with how good some of these relievers are in the game and how, uh, how little they pitch sometimes and what can, what can clubs afford to really have. But um, hopefully he's uh, going to be ready to go. And, and you know what? Um, don't put it past them to pitch Friday, Saturday, and Sunday if the games are close and, and the Brewers need him because he should be ready to go. Yeah, he, he's been sitting waiting and had to sit in his hometown in, of St. Louis and not get in the game. Sure, he had plenty of tickets out and obviously didn't work out in today's game. He didn't even need him yesterday because of the 8-4 lead. So the Brewers fall 4-1 to tonight. we got plenty more coming here on Brewers Extra Innings. Craig Kishon will stick around for a little bit longer. Craig Council coming up in just a little bit, too. Don't go anywhere on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. It's a 4-1 loss tonight for the Brew Crew. I'm Dominic Catronio with Craig Kishon. Brewers have 19 games to go. It's going to be over in the blink of an eye. There's still two games back, essentially three, of the San Diego Padres. They've got the Yankees and the Mets coming on this next homestand. No rest for, no rest for the wicked here, Craig. And the Yankees have potentially the American League MVP and Aaron Judge. You're going to see the flamethrowers. You're going to see Frankie Montas coming up on Friday. You're going to see Garrett Cole on Sunday. You're going to be on national television with the MLB Network Showcase game as well over the weekend. There's a lot going to be happening in Milwaukee with the Bronx Bombers coming to town for the first time since 2014. But I start all of that by saying the Brewers have played pretty good baseball against, you know, higher quality teams. What do they need to do against the Yankees to make you think, okay, that, that's the team that we know that they are? Well, first of all, after after hearing all that, Don, they, they I have to make sure that they're not overtaken by the Bronx Bombers broadcasting networks, that's for sure, because there's a lot mm-hmm. happening. There's going to be a lot of media in town, and, uh, and, and the Yankees haven't been in Milwaukee since 2014. So here's the other thing that's going to happen. Uh, the Yankee fans from around the Midwest will be coming in Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, I mean, it, it just happens with teams like the Yankees on the road, Cubs on the road, Packers on the road. Uh, it's going to be the same thing. So uh, you may be you may be outmanned this weekend as far as fans go. It'll be really interesting to see. And I think from a player's perspective, you just got to obviously you got to block that out. You you can't worry if Aaron Judge or Giancarlo Stanton is uh, standing at the plate. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't matter if Tyon's pitching. Uh, or anybody else here right now that are the big names of this uh, Yankee team, you, you just gotta you just gotta get in there and, and play your game and and feel good about being home, feel good about being in this pennant chase here right now. Um, so my big thing is don't take the burden on for with the Bronx Bombers coming to town this weekend because I think they can. I think the whole the whole thing about them being on the calendar can be overwhelming at times. 
it, it can happen really fast, really fast. So I want to get to the Acunet Mortgage phone line as well, 855-616-1620. If you want to call, if you want to text, we're going to jump to the phone line right now as well. Doug and Baraboo agreeing, I think, with us, Craig, about the lineup. Doug, you are live on Brewers Extra Innings. Yeah, good evening, Dom and Craig. You know, there's 19 games left, and I, I think maybe what we should, what Craig Council should do is, is uh, forget about the sabermetric, the analytics, and and decide who he thinks would be the, the hottest batters. Forget about the facing the lefties and facing the righties and all this kind of stuff. You know, everybody knows that, it's, and you talk about it all the time that it's either home run or, or, or bust. You know, we rank second in the National League for home runs, yet we rank 12th in strikeouts, meaning no contact. And again, tonight we had 10, 10 strikeouts. So maybe what we need is a consistent lineup and uh, and, and, and go with that and, and give that a chance. I don't know if he decides Kira is the hot guy or Mitchell's a hot guy or has been the hot guy. Whoever he feels are the hot players play the same guys every day and give it a shot for 19 games yeah i appreciate the call there doug but i think my counter and craig you can agree or disagree here my counter to that is who's hot i mean there, there isn't anyone truly hot right now and even keston and garrett have had their swing and miss phases uh you've you've got jace fighting through injury to play on the field with his left elbow brace right now there's no one truly hot right now on this Brewers lineup, right? No, there's not. Uh, I mean, there, there's a few guys that are that are playing well here in, in a stretch. Uh, I mean, Adamas is, Telez has. Uh, but sometimes their production comes uh, in in bunches. You know, they, they can give you, you know, they can come up empty one game, maybe empty two games in a row, and then give you production two games in a row. So th- this is part of the lack of consistency just one example on on what this team has been facing all year long, um, but I, I get what Doug's saying. I mean, it's it's hard to see a platoon at third. Sometimes a platoon at second base. Uh, sometimes, uh, well, I mean, almost every night the DH is different. Um, somebody's going to be playing, you know, an outfield in different uh, areas as well too. So, um, again, this is this is. Their challenge offensively is to become more consistent, um, maybe maybe more uniform with you know their game plan and what they're trying to accomplish here uh, at bat to at bat, and not and not just end result by the time the game's over. Yeah, I, I agree. I like that thought. Again, Doug, thanks for chiming in here on the show as well. Craig, we'll let you go on on this as the Brewers prepare for this home stretch. They do have. One thing really good going for them is that 15 of the last 19 games are at home. Those four games not at home, they're in Cincinnati. So the Brewers have the chance to sleep in their own bed quite a bit, have a very short travel trip to Cincinnati, and it's a four-game set where you can get comfortable. It's not like a high-and-buy right now like it is in St. Louis. Off day coming tomorrow. I think a lot of folks understand baseball season's a grind, but when you have this kind of a schedule at the end of the year, do you think that can be an advantage for the Brewers and can help them get to the final push? Well, I really hope so. I mean, I, I, I think the last couple of years, Dom, what's, what's helped this team out in the month of September is they had a lot of days off. 
They don't have as many days off now, obviously trying to make up for the lost games at the beginning of the season. Um, but to have the home portion of this schedule, I, I just really think it, it can only help this team in the in the further they go down this stretch, hopefully the more comfortable they're going to be. And, and if they are going to get in a groove, home is where you get in a groove. So you gotta you got to hold out hope for that. And the deficit's still only two games. San Diego does not have a, a real cushy schedule before this one's over either. They open up a series in Arizona tomorrow. They, they still have to go to the Dodgers before this one's over with two. So um, there, there's your battle, man. It's, uh, it's Padres Brewers. They made the big trade, and now one of them will go to the playoffs and one won't, it looks like. What a story it will be. Craig Kishon, Valley Sports Wisconsin, joining us here on Brewers Extra Innings. Thank you again, my friend. Enjoy your off day tomorrow, and uh, we'll see you over the weekend. All right, you too. All right, you too, man. All right, Craig Kishon joining the show. We are going to hear from the manager, Craig Council, coming up next here on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. It's a 4-1 defeat to the Cardinals tonight for the Brew Crew. The Cardinals now take an 8-7 advantage in the season series. Or, excuse me, a 9-8 advantage in the season series head-to-head. And it feels like you wasted not a bad Corbin Burns outing. He went 7 strong, only allowed the three runs, and, of course, the two homers sting. But he wasn't that bad. Let's hear from the manager, Craig Council, on his thoughts. No, for sure. I mean, I thought... Um... You know, there was times in the game he was, he was very dominant. Unfortunately, you know, t- two pitches he threw got hit for home runs. Um, both those were balls and looked like pretty much the middle of the plate. So they deserve credit for that for for doing damage on pitches to hit. But um, he he definitely pitched pitched very well. Um, you know, we we created opportunities. We just we didn't get the next hit. I mean, it was. Um, did a great job of getting opportunities, getting people on, creating opportunities every in- against Wainwright, creating opportunities every inning. Just just didn't cash cash any of them in. What did you see like from Wainwright of how you guys were able to like, you know kind of continuously put that pressure on him? Um. You know, that we, it wasn't a ton of hard contacts. I mean, our best contact, frankly, fell short of the you know kind of got to the wall and didn't get farther but um you know we, we hit a bunch of singles and um made contact he, he was getting ahead of the count early in, in the game but um it was just we were just lacking the next hit i was gonna say you've talked before home runs are a great way to produce offense especially now when hits are hard to get us tonight sort of the you get a bunch of singles tonight yeah it, i mean you know when the way we did it tonight we were you know we need that next single within a in a couple of situations that probably produce two runs or a double produces two runs maybe even three runs but uh, just it just wasn't there Kurt, when you look at navigating a game if you fall behind again that against them their their last three four relievers that they bring out where are they now that you've seen almost everybody i think in baseball or in the league at least the national league um, where does this sort of bullpen group rank in terms of the, the challenge of coming back late in games? Any any playoff caliber team is going to be tough to score against when you when you when you give them a lead late in the game. So um, no surprises there. That's that's how good good teams are going to be functioning at this point. They're going to be able to finish games when they get a lead. So. Um, 
know, they 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 have they do a good job of it. Heading back home, uh, both New York teams coming in. How critical is this stretch against two really good teams? Uh, as the games are limited here. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, the next game is really important, um, and we'll treat it like that. Yeah, I treat it like that. <laughs> They're good teams. Well said by counsel. Sometimes less is more, right? And he said the, the magic words. I know some folks get frustrated by hearing it. Just didn't get the next hit, but it's true. What do you want him to say? Bang on the table like Aaron Boone did a couple weeks ago? It'd say, somebody get a hit with a runner's group. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't happen in the blink of an eye. The Brewers went over an eye with runners in score position. What more is there to say? That's why they lost this game. And that's why they've lost a lot of games this season, because of a lack of hitting with runners in scoring position. We're going to go through a couple of highlights. I know it doesn't feel like there are many from this game, but we're going to relive the game coming up next on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get out of here! Go! Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. Yes, there were only 10 hits, and there were all singles. But we are going to go through the highlights for the Brewers on a 4-1 loss tonight to the Cardinals. Hat tip, though, to Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright. 18 seasons together, 325 starts together as a battery, an accomplishment that will never be passed in big league history. But the Brewers reigned on the parade in the second inning. They got things uh, going with Tyrone Taylor at the plate. 2-1 pitch. Fly ball right field. Racing over there is Burleson nearing the line to make the catch. Tagging and coming down the line is Jace Peterson. He's going to score, and the Brewers take a 1-0 lead. The sack fly set the tone. There were five base runners, the first nine batters of this game against Wainwright. The Brewers are feeling good, but then they couldn't add on in the second. And the Cardinals took advantage of the Brewers not being able to add by avoiding the shutdown inning against Corbin Burns. A run of support to work with here for Corbin Burns, but this ball is launched out to left center, and we are tied. A home run from Nolan Arenado to tie it at one. They weren't done later in the inning, the bottom half of the order. The man of the hour, Yadier Molina, adding with the offense. Corbin's 1-1. Line drive into left field. That's a base hit, and the Cardinals take a 2-1 lead. Donovan trots home from third. Burleson stops at second. And Molina drives in just his 20th of the season. It's been that kind of a season series head-to-head. When one team punches, the other one punches back immediately. So the Brewers now find themselves trailing 2-1, to one, trying to find a way to keep things going. Then we fast-forward now to the fifth inning. Corbin Burns, again, the bottom half of the order. The nine-hitter, Lars Newtbar. Fun to say, not fun to see him swing. High fly ball, deep center. Taylor going back to the track, and it is gone. Lars Newtbar's gone deep. The Brewers did not hit any homers. Of course, the Cardinals did hit two, so the Brewers never really got a chance to ring the bell. But don't forget, you don't have to wait until Christmas time to ring the bell and donate money into the Salvation Army Red Kettle. Donate today at samilwaukee.org. Moving on now. The Brewers had opportunities against the Cardinals' bullpen. Wainwright was done after five innings. Then Jordan Hicks came in, the flamethrower, with runners aboard at Andrew McCutcheon with a chance to maybe finally break through with a runner in scoring position. 3-2 again. Swing and a miss. Slider striking out. And the Brewers go to 0-9 with runners in scoring position tonight. 
Get this, they've left 11 men on base in seven innings, and they trail 3-1 to one as we hit the stretch. Josh Maurer said everything you needed to know there. Brewers still trailing 3-1. to one. So this game had Adam Wainwright pageantry, Yadier Molina pageantry. Oh, wait, there's one guy missing. You know who it is. Albert Pujols. The pinch and a line drive into left center field. It's going to drop in there for a base hit. Get past Taylor, roll to the wall. Around third is O'Neill. He will score. It's an RBI double for Albert Pujols, and the Cardinals lead it 4-1. to one. That was with two outs and on a 2-2 pitch after a weird defensive inning for the Brewers. They had nothing doing in the ninth against the Hells Bells entrance of Ryan Helsley. And the Brewers fall by a final of four to one. The Brewers now fall to 76 and 67. The Cardinals improve to 84 and 59. St. Louis four runs on ten hits, no errors. They left seven runners on base. The Brewers one run on ten hits, one error. They left 12 runners on base. The winner was Wainwright. Wainwright, the loser, is Burns. The save to Helsley. We'll wrap up the show next on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Getting ready to say goodnight now after a loss, and it's a split in the series. One game apiece between the Cardinals and the Brewers. I'm Dominic Catronio. This is Brewers Extra Innings, wrapping things up here at the quarter of the hour. But off day tomorrow, and we'll be back with you with Brewers Extra Innings tomorrow night, mind you. 8 o'clock start. Uh, It should be a fun show, and you can always participate in that as well. And... We have a, a guest lineup. I don't want to give it away yet, but I think it's going to be a really fun guest for us tomorrow. And then you get ready for the Yankees. The Yankees, 7-10 first pitch coming up on Friday night. It'll be Frankie Montas, the trade deadline acquisition from the Oakland A's, going for New York against Adrian Hauser for Milwaukee. Then Saturday, Jamison Tyone, who the Brewers have seen plenty with Pittsburgh, going against Brandon Woodruff. And Sunday, things will finish with Garrett Cole, and Jason Alexander, and you could not find more two opposite pitchers in that Sunday finale for the Brewers and the Yankees. Then the Mets are in town Monday through Wednesday, and there is some good news from that. As it stands right now, just counting out dates, the Brewers are going to miss Jacob DeGrom. They're not going to have to see him, and Scherzer is on the injured list right now with an oblique strain, so you're not going to see him anytime soon, and things are looking okay in that regard in the series to follow the Yankees. It'll be the first time the Yankees are here since 2014. And tomorrow in Brewers Weekly, we're going to wax poetic about that series. We're going to talk a lot about the minor leaguers coming up right now. Quick note on the minor league season in AAA right now. Crazy stuff happening for the Nashville Sounds. Este Uy Ruiz, he had five stolen bases tonight for the Sounds. Five, setting a club record. And Sal Freelich, one of the top prospects in the Brewers organization, Hit two homers, his first two AAA home runs. And we're going to talk a lot about those guys coming up tomorrow on Brewers Weekly. And then we're back with you for Brewers Extra Innings after Friday night's game and Saturday night's game against the Yankees. All right, I know it's a split. I know you may feel frustrated in the moment because of the loss being Game 2 with Burns on the mound. But at the end of the day, a split against a team that has really played really well in the second half ain't all that bad, and he didn't lose any ground in the wild card race. The Brewers remain two games back, essentially three, of a playoff spot with 19 to go. Season's going to be over in a blink of an eye. 
Hope you enjoyed the show. My name is Dominic Catronio. For our producer back in our studios, Tommy Wirtz, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, keep on swinging.